Welcome to our new ICT4D conference podcast series on digital tech for peace. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Adrienne Brooks. She's a senior advisor for the Technology for Development team at Mercy Corps in the US. Welcome, Adrienne. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Before we start to talk more about your work at Mercy Corps, may I just ask you what excites you most about your role? I have been on the Technology for Development team at Mercy Corps for five years and have managed our digital communities portfolio for a few years. And one of my favorite parts of that portfolio and my work has been supporting our teams to look at our programs and our context that we work with a digital lens to really think about how the digital space is part of our work. And my academic background is in conflict management. And as more and more of our peacebuilding work at Mercy Corps is being impacted by social media and the weaponization of social media, this initiative was developed between our two teams, the T4D team and the Peace and Conflict team. And, you know, it happens to bring my experience on the T4D team together with my interests and background in peace and conflict. What's really exciting is that this is such a fast-moving, constantly developing space of digital peace building. And every team that I work with is so different, but you know, I think in all of our contexts, we can see how weaponization of social media is impacting our lives no matter where we live or what context we're working in. And there's just so much energy around this initiative, so it just really excites me every day. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you, you do sound very passionate about your work. Now, I've invited Adrian to introduce Mercy Corps' global framework for using social media for peace. So yes. if you'd like to share with us your approach and some key pointers. Um, happily. The purpose of our framework is to help guide practitioners or other stakeholders to assess their contexts and understand that the role social media is playing in their conflict context. And we look at a number of factors, and the tool really helps to break down these different elements to better understand um, and identify entry points for programming. So it's really an assessment tool to help us understand how social media is impacting the conflict context. I will summarize how the different factors work together. But basically, we have six different factors. And what we're really trying to understand is that the information architecture that exists within a context interacts with its underlying conflict drivers. And key influencers can exacerbate different issues driving conflict by taking advantage of social media's accelerating characteristics, particularly during windows of risk. And all of these factors may be countered or mitigated by a society's sources of resilience. So in that sentence is, are our six different factors. So those are information architecture. How is information shared in a community? What are the sources of information? Digital access and accessibility, all of these different elements. We also look at underlying conflict drivers, such as intergroup tensions or governance grievances. We look at key influencers. And this, you know, isn't just like our TikTok influencers of the day, but thinking about who are those people that can really mobilize people. And we want to consider those that are online and offline. We look at accelerating characteristics, which are those characteristics that are inherent to social media, like echo chambers and the ability for something to go viral so quickly and reach algorithms. 
and we look at windows of risk. These are key moments where violence can occur or social media can be specially weaponized. And that could be like cyclical, like an election or sporadic, like a sudden event um, that's not necessarily planned. We also look at resilience. And I think this is something really interesting that came out of the research that led to this framework, which is that throughout all of these different factors, there's positive and resilient elements as well. So we think about key influencers. It's often that come to mind those influencers who can maybe push people towards violence. But there's also people that can mobilize groups or individuals for good. And, you know, mechanisms that might exist in society already that address conflict drivers or our dispute resolution mechanisms. So it's important when we're looking at the weaponization of social media and the factors that contribute to that, that we're also thinking about those resilience factors. And what we're really seeing is that no matter the context, social media is shaping conflict or contributing to conflict in significant ways. We found that even in rural Nigeria, for example, where you might not imagine the reach of social media is that great. You know, we found that hate speech and misinformation are seeping into the collective consciousness and affecting conflict dynamics by sparking online and then get passed around on the radio or through in-person rumors. And so they can very quickly move to the offline space Having a framework that it's important for every peace building program to be accounting for those harms that social media may be causing, because we're seeing this in the online space that can very quickly impact the offline world. Thank you. That's so interesting. So for anyone wishing to learn more about the global framework, please check out the podcast description where you will find the link, including the graphic with those six key factors that I just mentioned. So to help us better understand how you're applying this global concept with uh, local teams and essentially develop a locally driven approach, could you please share an example how you analyze or identify those key entry points for a program? Absolutely. So to sort of start off, I guess I would say the beauty of this framework is kind of in its simplicity. The core purpose is really this assessment to help organize ourselves around this really complex topic. And so we've actually worked through this framework at like a country high level analysis level. We've looked at it from an advocacy and a policy level and through hyper-local levels, which I'll talk about now in specific programs that we've been working in in different communities. In Iraq, for example, we worked with youth groups in Nineveh and Basra both urban and peri-urban communities where we've done a good deal of peace and conflict programs for years. And in this context, it's clear that in order to advance social cohesion and peace, we need to help communities address what's happening online and to help build resilience to those harms. With these groups, we introduced to the framework We helped walk through the different elements, um, but it was really up to the youth that were participating in this workshop to think about an issue that they felt was most salient for their communities and then use the framework to break down the different elements of that topic and essentially identify the response based on those elements. And we were really excited to see the ownership over the problem identification. I think like there's a lot of effort working you know, on localization right now. And I think this is a really exciting base where youth can really engage in the problem itself and identifying the topic. And then the analysis of how social media is contributing to conflict or reducing social cohesion. 
And then once we've sort of broken down all these different elements, those entry points become more clear because we are breaking down this really complex issue and seeing what are those details where we see opportunities to start to work at the issue. We then moved to the design of small projects that the youth then designed and, and implemented. They were mostly in the online space, but also had a lot of offline elements as well, which I think just speaks really strongly to the fact that this is not just an online problem. We had four different groups and they came up with different issues that they wanted to address. The group that was looking at tensions between rural and urban communities, they identified different ways where people were sharing harmful information. So thinking about that information architecture and how and between which actors was information and different rumors being shared online or in the offline spaces to understand, you know, how is this information moving in a community? They also looked at key influencers. And I think what was really interesting here is we found key influencers who were sharing really harmful narratives. And it was important to understand who those people were and what sort of influence they had over different groups. But they also found really interesting resilience actors in the online space, but also across the community from people that weren't necessarily involved in social media. And then from there, they designed their program responses. So what was interesting was that they had online peace campaign highlighting different times that the communities had worked together. They worked with that online influencer to better understand their own frustrations and talking to them about the harms. But they also worked with local governance structures in the offline space and brought the two communities together to discuss why different hate speech was so um, manipulative and like the harms it was causing and had actually had social cohesion between them and build that trust and like see each other in person. So you see how like the different elements that they broke down in the workshop, then they found different entry points for their programmatic response, all working towards, you know, improved social cohesion between these two groups in a multifaceted approach. Thank you. If there was anything that sort of surprised you the most? I think what just interesting is that when we look at this essentially digital space where we're looking at social media and like recognizing that the harms and the sort of causes of this are both online and offline. When you break this down and you work with really local context, what's most surprising is how strongly all of the like offline elements to really come out and that we really can't address social media drivers of conflict in a vacuum because it's so multifaceted. So when you're talking about offline and online factors and particularly sort of the bigger picture, that brings me to my next question around coordination. Yeah, I wanted to hear from you a little bit more how you're working with different departments, especially so you get to see the bigger picture and view the programming from different sides and are not maybe too stuck to just look at from a tech side and an online side, but mm -hmm. also look at it from the peace building side and maybe bring in other actors as well. 
I assume this must be quite challenging. So maybe you can just um, share more about how you went about this and what what you learned <laughs> through this approach. It's such a good question because you can even extend this beyond peace building. I think we see so many different lenses or angles that we can look at the weaponization of social media. And, you know, we look across our peer organizations and we see all the different ways you could approach this from a human rights perspective, from data governance and protection. There's like the media lens and there's so many organizations trying to tackle this. And even within Mercy Corps, I think it's been such an interesting overlap between our technology for development team and our peace building programs. And what is so core, I think, to both of these programs and sort of our approach has really been trying to elevate the ways in which local partners and community members are engaging in these topics. And, and that goes for peace building, that goes for, you know, all of Mercy Corps programs. But I would say that, like, our local teams and partners are really leading the implementation of peace building programs, you know, to understand how interwoven the online and offline dynamics are, structures and the infrastructure of our lives. And, and so this framework can really sort of help to draw this like bridge for teams that are used to working in underlying conflict tensions and these sort of spaces to think about like, okay, this is where the digital space is playing a role and how, you know, that's the case for our global technical peace and conflict team. But it's the case for, I think, all of our teams to think about like, how is the digital space sort of starting to change or transform the ways in which we're all doing work? And so I think, you know, my biggest learning has been to really try to not look at the digital space as an isolated like activity in a program and say, oh, this is our digital activity, our digital outcome or objective of a program, um, but really to look at how it's cross-cutting and intersectional across, across peace building activities, across resilience activities, and really work with teams to like map out all of the different ways the digital space is impacting the work and our approach to all of our programming. Thank you. So since you mentioned, obviously, this is such a complex area and so cross-cutting across so many different departments and sectors and with so many sensitivities, what are sort of the next steps? Can you apply some of these learnings to another program or take it to scale or what's next? Yes, next steps. We're continuously working to refine guidance to go alongside the framework to support more teams to use this in a variety of different ways. The Iraq project I mentioned was really like piloting a program around the framework in its entirety. But I'm really excited because we have a new program in Ethiopia that has incorporated the framework into their broader programming. So they're We're working gender into the framework even more explicitly and looking at the specific digital harms against women and girls to design digital peace building responses. We are looking at how the framework can be applied to different thematic issues. We're also looking at the framework design and strategic side to look at our contextual analysis work at the beginning of programs to better design programs where it's really woven throughout this consideration of the digital space and the impacts and the opportunities that exist. I guess more on the global side, one of our goals coming up is to improve our monitoring and evaluation in the space, our you know, learning of what is working and how to continuously improve and learn from all of our different programs and to continue to refine that sort of supportive guidance for our different teams within and you know, external to Mercy Corps as well to use the framework and really run with it. 
Thank you. Sounds very exciting. Also sounds like you still have a long road ahead. I know we could talk about this all day. I think it's uh, really interesting, your work at Mercy Corps. And I thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Thank you so much.